Hello and welcome to this podcast summary of the IAASB meeting held here in New York December 11th through the 15th, just recently completed. I'm Matt Waldron, Technical Director, and I'm joined by IAASB Deputy Chair Megan Zietzman and IAASB members Fiona Campbell and Rich Sharko. So thank you for joining me. So this week we had a very heavy agenda with some very informative discussions on our key projects. So for ISA 540, we looked at a draft of the proposed revisions to the draft and discussed the forward timeline. At this stage, we are working towards an approval of the final standard in June 2018 rather than March 2018. And we're looking at how these, this particular change in the, 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 the timing of this will affect our forward agenda timeline and other projects. For ISA 315, we went through a first read of the proposed revisions to the, to the draft and um, discussed that in great detail and length, as well as ISQC1, we went through a first read and proposed revisions to it, addressing quality control at the firm level. Uh, for ISA 220, we looked at a working draft of the possible revisions to this standard addressing quality control at the engagement level, and also with group audits we had a presentation about the interconnections between ISA 600 and other ongoing projects and how the group audits task force is monitoring the activities of the other task forces and providing input in considering implications of changes in the other standards on ISA 600. We had a very robust discussion on some other, uh, other topics, uh, professional skepticism being one of those where we discussed the different mindset concepts of professional skeptics skepticism and the use of the words which would best describe the concept. We also had a great presentation on data analytics and, and previewed a video from the chair of the data analytics task force, uh, Bob Dora, and discussed a proposed feedback statement summarizing the responses to the request for information on this topic. Both of these uh, items, the video and the proposed feedback statement, will be published shortly on our website. So take, um, so be, be on the lookout for that. We also received an update on some early thoughts on the development of the non-authoritative authoritative guidance around emerging forms of external reporting, and uh, we continue to progress that work over the coming year, and uh, we'll see more on that as we move forward. And finally, we also received a very interesting presentation from IFAC's compliance programs on the global adoption of the ISAs um, and, and the work they do to, to see how uh, those particular ISAs are adopted and complied with in uh, countries throughout the world. So with that just very high-level overview, I think now, Judge Rich, if I could just turn to you to provide an overview of the discussion of 540. Thanks, Matt. We had several sessions of the board meeting dedicated to moving forward the ISA 540 project. In particular, we covered a discussion on certain key points, including scalability, use of the term reasonable, professional skepticism, and the approach to the application material in the standard. On draft ISA 540 revised, we received many messages of support from, for the task force changes and some suggestions for improvements and tightening of wording, particularly around the alignment of ISA 315 and ISA 330, description of the spectrum of ROM slash inherent risk, changes to the definition of EIS in ISA 500, the auditor's procedures when management has not appropriately understood and addressed estimation uncertainty, and many written suggestions were also received from many, many members. 
The revised requirements were presented on Thursday, which received much support, and the task force would deal with the comments received. We are not expecting significant changes to the requirements going forward, but some changes are also possible as the task force progresses the application material. After the December board meeting, the task force was focused on redrafting and restructuring of the application material. There was support for the approach of the application material, which included a detailed analysis and review of comments received on the application material. This will serve as the basis for further revisions of the application material. Some comments received indicated that written comments, comments would follow after further reflection. Further outreach is planned to keep key stakeholders informed of our revisions. Next steps include a first read at the March 2018 board meeting. The complete draft of the standard and related application material will be made available for the board and the CAG by February 20th. We will likely use the board teleconference in, in quarter one to further some specific topics. Key stakeholder outreach before and after the March IWSB meeting based on the draft presented at the March 2018 IWSB meeting will be carried out. Now, Fiona will provide an overview of the discussions on ISA 315. Thanks, Rich. We had a great meeting this week, a full day and uh, often intense and challenging discussion. This was our first full read of both the requirements and the application material together for ISA 315. And it's been great to receive the feedback of such a high quality and with lots of helpful drafting suggestions. There was broad support for the general direction of the proposed changes with some areas that still require further consideration regarding the complexity of the standard. We discussed several times um, uh, scalability and there was also support for building out examples in our application material to illustrate that scalability. We agreed that we would eliminate the considerations for audits of smaller entities which are specific paragraphs called out in the application material and instead we would embed the scalability considerations into the relevant application materials. The task force will give further thinking as to whether a practice aid will help practitioners understand the areas of scalability within the standard. And there was also discussion about ways we could help users understand how the standard comes together and if we would in fact need more guidance about the flow of the standard because it is a complex standard. We're considering whether some form of a flowchart or an illustration to try and help with this might be helpful. And also, also further consideration will also be given to the use of the phrase significant and appropriate. On the topic of the spectrum of risk, there was support for incorporating it into the standard, but further consideration needs to be given to how it can be explained earlier in the standard. We've also been asked to clarify the spectrum of inherent risk and the relationship of the, to the spectrum of risk of material misstatement. On the topic of the qualitative inherent risk factors or QUIRFs, the board continues to support the QUIRFs, but further consideration is needed about the interaction of the susceptibility to fraud QUIRF with ISA 240 and the fraud risk factors. This was a passionate discussion by the board with a range of views for the task force, so we now have lots to consider. And we were asked to give further consideration to the quantitative aspects in areas where qualitative inherent risk factors are used. On the definitions, there was support for the proposed changes and supported application material. But further, 
further consideration around controls, in particular our discussion focused on how to build in the informal aspects, but to please re-articulate it in terms other than expectations. For the definition of relevant assertions, there is still some concern about the use of the term reasonable possibility, as this may not clarify the threshold we had intended. When we discussed the understanding of the entity and the applicable financial reporting framework, we were asked to give some more consideration to the description of business model, and there was also support for the new appendix that we had proposed. On the topic of understanding the entity's system of internal control, we were asked to reformulate the requirement for understanding the risk assessment process based on the expectation that a process, even if very informal, will exist in all entities. To give further consideration to how we can clarify what controls are relevant to the audit, including the placement of the requirements, and this should and try and incorporate some further clarity around when the auditor needs to evaluate the design and determine the effectiveness of controls. When the board discussed the assessment of inherent risk, including significant risk, we have been asked to clarify the interaction of likelihood and magnitude with the QUIRFs. Um, we also had a joint ISA 540 and 315 task force leaders and staff meeting, and we've agreed areas where further consistency of the language needs to be done as well between those two standards, and also areas where ISA 540 maybe can't go ahead of ISA 315. So some consequential amendments to 540 will be unavoidable, but we are going to work as closely as possible to try and minimise these. So moving forward, the task force will continue to progress the proposed changes and we are aiming for a second read of the exposure draft at our March 2018 board meeting. So with that, I'll hand over to Megan. Great, thanks Fiona. Um, so let me give you a little bit of an overview of our discussions of our quality control related standards. So ISA 220, so quality at the engagement level, and then ISQC1, our firm level standard. So we brought up um, a a working draft of ISA 220 to the board that progressed the, the task force's thinking on a variety of different things. Um, and I would say overall we got some really good feedback from the board and it was the, the draft was well received. Uh, so lots of support for the pr proposed approach that the task force is taking to really infuse the principles of quality management into, uh, into the standard. Um, there was an, a, a, an important emphasis though on the importance of keeping um, ISA 220 and ISQC one aligned, um, such that the terminology is aligned, and also that it is clear how those two standards will, will, will continue to interact. We had a very uh, interesting conversation on the objective of the standard, which is around um, the responsibility of the auditor to manage and achieve quality at the engagement level. We talked about what the concept of management might mean, um, and then we focused specifically on quality, which is not a defined, terms in, defined term in our standards, um, but we talked about and reflected upon the board's prior project to actually develop the audit quality framework. And the board, the, the task force was encouraged by the board to think about what to do to really infuse um, a more proactive objective into ISA 220 that really focused on something that went beyond just a compliance mindset. Uh, we also had a lot of very detailed suggestions on some of the proposed requirements. 
um, some questions around the definitions of network and engagement team and, and really continuing to look at their continued applicability in light of um, evolving circumstances of firms and networks today. Um, but obviously a, a recognition that those, those definitions are consistent between the IAASB standards as well as those of the IESBA. So the importance to, to keep that in mind as we think whether we might potentially need to make changes or clarif clarifications. Um, we looked through the, the various different requirements that set out around relevant ethical requirements, acceptance and continuance, engagement resources, engagement performance. And broadly, the board was supportive of the direction that the task force is, was taking, but provided various different suggestions for things where the requirements could be made stronger, where certain of the application guidance could be elevated, um, and where we could really just make it more clear what the expectations are of the engagement partner with respect to these areas. The focus on relevant ethical requirements was welcomed, and in particular, the broadening of that um, focus to, to maybe put more balance on things like NOCLA, uh, long association, um, but obviously not losing the focus on, on independence. Um, and again, we'll be look, working closely with the ISQC1 team to, to make sure that we keep, we keep that aligned. Um, with respect to the areas of acceptance and continuance and resources and engagement performance, um, we were encouraged to think carefully about the concepts of commercial considerations, including fees, budgets, plans, etc., um, and really the proper management of resources, think, and thinking about things such as mandatory firm rotations and, and how those really uh, factor in. Um, where there was also support for the overall stand back that we had proposed introducing to the standard, um, although a, a challenge was, was put on us to make sure that it was placed at an appropriate point in time. In other words, the stand back would need to take place before the opinion is actually formed. Um, and to, to that end, the, there was an encouragement to think about whether maybe it belonged as a conforming amendment to ISA 700, uh, forming an opinion and reporting on financial statements, um, and in other words, whether that would be a better place. Um, so lots of good suggestions for the task force and support for the, um, the overall direction there. So let me now turn to ISQC1, which is our, our firm level quality management system, sorry, management uh, firm level quality management standard. Um, and the task force here had done a tremendous amount of work over the past six months in terms of continuing to progress the draft that was brought to our June meeting. Um, but they've also done extensive outreach with a variety of different stakeholders to obtain a lot of input um, into the draft. Um, so as a result, there was fairly substantial changes to the draft that we discussed this past week. Um, broadly, the board was uh, continued to be supportive of the direction of, of ISQC1 revised. Um, however, there were lots of questions around um, the construction, uh, some questions around how the various different pieces fit together, and then lots of details, detailed suggestions on wording and what have you for the, the task force to continue to think about. Um, the board also generally thought that the standard was appropriately scalable, but they encouraged the task force to continue to further explore the, con the scalability of the standard and then also demonstrate how it would apply across a spectrum of firms. So taking particular account of the differing natures of firms and the types of engagements that they perform. Um, and they were encouraged to think about how to do that potentially through uh, in moving some of the detailed um, guidance into an appendix where it could actually be expanded and made more clear and where more examples could be added, um, or maybe that would go into some kind of an accompanying guide. So the task force will continue to, to look at all of that. 
Um, the board suggested the uh, supported the overall objective of the standard, also noted the importance of going back and keeping aligned with the discussions at the ISA 220 level around this broader concept of quality and, and trying to really move away from a compliance mindset. Uh, there were various suggestions on how to improve and clarify, clarify the concepts of a deficiency and a major deficiency, which are really foundational towards the overall evaluation at a reasonable assurance level as to whether quality has been managed at that firm level. Um, and the board generally thought that more could be done to guide firms in how to do this, how to evaluate the deficiencies, and then how that might affect the firm's assessment of whether a system really did provide reasonable assurance. Um, and possibly that maybe a, a more detailed framework should be built out in that regard. Um, the board also thought that there should be further thinkings about the implication of a deficiency um, and a major deficiency. I mean, for example, in relation to the communications within the firm, but also externally, so potentially to regulators or, or potentially through, the, through transparency reports. And it should be noted that the topic of transparency reports will be a focus of the um, Quality Control Task Force in upcoming months. Um, in general, there was support for the, the new components um, of the, the system, and there's a new diagram that was put in front of us. Uh, but there was many suggestions, um, and it should be noted that our board loves diagrams. So every time a diagram is put in front of them, everyone starts taking out their pen and, and making suggestions for how it can be enhanced, um, including our chairman, who during the meeting just seemed to design a new mansion of quality management. So anyway, all of that good input to the task force, and they will continue to think about that. Um, and, and really think about how to best demonstrate how these components interact with one another. Uh, we discussed the importance of the, of the governance and leadership component, um, gave some debate as to where it should sit, given its really foundational nature. Um, and then really support also for how the components are set up in terms of having an overall objective, uh, quality objectives that support that overall objective, risks related to those objectives and then responses. But there were a lot of uh, suggestions for um, making enhancements, for example, making the objectives to be drafted so they were more like statements as opposed to requirements, um, which then seemed to overlap with the other requirements. Um, the board had some concerns that the threshold or the proposed threshold for identifying quality risks may not be very practical um, and encouraged, encouraged the Quality Control Task Force to go and explore that a little bit more. Um, it was also generally agreed that a more explicit reference to public interest should be included in the standard, potentially in an introductory section um, or maybe in guidance to support the leadership section. Um, but really given the uh, – that was really coming from feedback from a lot of, out, of outreach. Um, and members did note, however, the, the, the caution of being making sure that we need to be clear what it really does mean to act in the public interest. Um, and then broadly in relation to monitoring and, re and remediation, the board was thinking that, that, that this was traveling in a good direction, but thought that more could be done to clarify the firm's assessment of whether its, firm, its system provides it with reasonable assurance. Um, the board was also comfortable with the overall direction in terms of, of incorporating um, networks and uh, addressing activities or expectations or requirements that might be set at a network level. Um, made various suggestions to the proposed drafting um, and also suggested building out some of the examples. Um, they also supported the, the suggestion to uh, explore maybe more explicit requirements in relation to third-party service providers. So, for example, where firms may procure uh, methodologies or technologies from, from third parties 
um, and, and really to build something out in the standard. So a lot of really good feedback. Uh, the task force will continue to work on all of that and um, continue also to do outreach with stakeholders. Um, and then an upcoming, uh, at, at, at our upcoming meeting, we will have another conversation about, um, about quality control. Thank you. Thank you, Megan, Fiona, and Rich, for those summaries of the meeting, which was clearly a very heavy uh, week for us, which is, um, Megan mentioned, I think it sets us up well for our next meeting in March, where we'll put together the agenda addressing some of these topics and, and others, and so that'll be put out shortly after the, the year. So this, um, with that, I'm gonna just some a few announcements that the next uh, IAASB physical meeting will be the week of March 12th through the 16th, 2018 in Amsterdam. And uh, meetings are open and members of the public may register as observers. And please register as early as possible for observer status for this next meeting as the registration closes two weeks in advance of the, the meeting. So you can find all of that, the registration site, et cetera, on IAASB.org. Uh, we, we post the audio me meeting agenda materials and the like for this meeting and past meetings, so I encourage you to look for those on our website for more around the discussion around these matters we discussed today and those in the past. Um, so with that, this concludes the podcast summary of our December meeting, and um, we invite listeners to follow us on Twitter at IWSB underscore uh, news, and with that, on behalf of the IWSB board members and staff, I wish you all the very best in the coming new year, and thank you for listening. <laughs>